0: Welcome to Before You Swipe. I'm Dr. Lauren. And I'm Dr. Chris. We're two sex educators and research nerds who love talking about sex and relationships.
1: This has been an online dating podcast where we overanalyze profiles and read between the pickup lines.
0: However, in this episode, we're switching it up to take a step back and consider how we make sense of ourselves and relationships.
1: And when we say
0: relationships,
1: we include sexual, romantic, platonic, and more.
0: So before we even open the apps, let's get into the beautiful mess of human connection. Well, hello and welcome back to Before You Swipe. I'm
1: Dr. Chris.
0: And I'm Dr. Lauren.
1: We are still continuing to ponder our values around sexual, romantic, and platonic relationships. And more specifically, as a reminder, we are discussing the nine principles in Andy Nordgren's Relationship
0: Anarchy Manifesto. And so last episode, we talked about the seventh principle, at least seventh, according to us, which is focused on customizing commitments across our relationships. The eighth principle that we'll talk about today is trust is better. And so it goes like this, according to Andy, choosing to assume that your partner does not wish you harm leads you down a much more positive path than a distrustful approach where you need to be constantly validated by the other person to trust that they are there with you in the relationship. Sometimes people have so much going on inside themselves. There's just no energy left to reach out and care for others. Create the kind of relationship where withdrawing is supported and quickly forgiven and give people lots of chances to talk, explain, see you and be responsible in the relationship. Remember your core values, and to take care of yourself though.
1: Yay. So I first want to just make a goofy comment that this is our penultimate principle. In other words, our second to last one. But anytime I get to use the word penultimate, I really, I really want to. <laughs> joy. yes. Um, so that is that's one thing. Um, but really, honestly, when I, I think of this principle, I uh, There's a couple of things I think about, but one of the ones is just like this really tough thing to sometimes wrap around, which is, it's not always about you. Mm. So when other people are reacting in certain ways, it's like important to let go. um, Even if there's a time that's rocky or somebody's not treating you in a way that's typical, it's not, it, it might not be you, right? We can be in bad moods, we can get some bad news. Um, and just not want to reach out to people, or want to be, you know, in ourselves for a little bit. But that sort of idea of where my my first sort of gut reaction is is to sort of like, well, what's the message here? And and part of that is that
0: yeah, it might not be about you. I mean, I love that, and actually, it's a place I did not go. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so, um, other words that people might be familiar with are—it's like the idea of overpersonalizing. You know, we, mm-hmm. we assume that something that's happening around us is personal, um, a personal attack, or or because we've made a mistake, or a, a reflection of how someone thinks or feels about us. And it's okay if we have those sensitivities. The goal across the board is always notice how we're reacting. And consider like where might I be making up a story for someone else? Where might I be yeah. assuming I know what's going on? And we need to you know be especially careful.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I mean the that. other piece of that. I mean there's sort of those two sides. Like one is there's like to some extent things like codependency and enmeshment bells like you know sort of like ring off like you know sort of ring in my in my distance in terms of where this might be uh, a slippery a slippery slope into that. But the other piece is sort of like what, like, where I was thinking too, is like with attachment styles. And so for those people who don't really know what attachment styles are, is they're, they're a theory about how people form bonds, and that a lot of it is based in how a primary caregiver might have treated us. And so there's secure attachment, which is essentially when you enter very strong relationships with this sense of automatic sense of trust because you were given trust when you were small um you know and understand that conflict happens in relationships and then there's other people who are uh have insecure attachments and a couple of those styles are for example avoidant which is you just anytime there's a conflict or even entering into these um very strong personal, vulnerable ties is just not your jam. You like, you know, you keep the walls up um, you, uh, and things like that. And then there's insecure attachment style, which is this idea of like what there is a tendency to overpersonalize, like to think it is about you, um, and also to really be reassured through um, constant contact or being verbally reassured. Uh, that things are okay, because again, maybe your upbringing had a lot of really inconsistent messaging, or, um, you know, it was a place where you had to be the adult, as opposed to the adults in your lives being an adult. So really, this idea of, you know, and I'm way oversimplifying this, and and sorry, attachment theorists, and people who really understand attachment theory out there, um, I'm rushing and probably should have planned better to talk about attachment theory, because I like, <laughs> see that too. But this whole idea of like, trust and things like that are just so a part of attachment theory to me that it's, um, you know, it's like, oh, it's easy for you to say, you know, like secure attached style person. (laughs) (laughs) But not like for somebody who doesn't have a secure attachment style. It's like, what do you mean do that? That's, that's too much. That's too much of an ask.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, so one, I want to really validate invoking attachment theory and acknowledging that it's something we you know, it's helpful to learn a lot about. And I would go back to, I think, the PolySecure text. Jessica Fern does a really nice job synthesizing that literature in a really accessible way. So highly recommend. Um, And also talking about it through a complex lens of not only talking about um, in uh, one couple dynamic um, and getting more complicated, hence PolySecure. And I think what's important to name anytime we reference attachment theory is that, you know, as adults, we are beautifully flexible and can learn and grow and change. And we can, um, you know, we're not we are not our attachment styles and we are not necessarily one attachment style. And maybe it's different with different people or in different contexts. And there's just a lot of layers here and having some sensitivities to how we feel when we approach relationships may or may not align us. Uh, quickly with this particular <laughs> principle, right? Um, but that we're all capable of being um, self-aware, noticing our patterns, noticing the stories we're telling ourselves, and then really trying to um, resist some of the bad narratives. I think one thing I wanted to invoke here is, yet again, going back to cultural norms and practices, and I yeah. think here, here in the U.S., I just, I feel like I'm always uh Engaging with folks where they're having the conversation, I don't want to be a victim. I don't want to be, uh, you know, someone who gets targeted or or someone who's a sucker. And so if I approach someone with trust, then, and then they violate that trust or they hurt me, well, I'm just a sucker. And yeah, such a sad way to approach life. Like, don't be stupid. Don't get scammed. You know, um, if we experience sadness, disappointment or even violence it's as though it's our fault as the person who's experiencing those sensations. um and certainly in the case of violence that is never ever our fault. and also like we shouldn't assume some of those other feelings have to always be avoided. like disappointment happens, it means you're learning something in a context, it means maybe you need to re-reimagine how you're setting your expectations, have more communication or maybe you're catching on that, um, uh, relationship dynamic, the way of have it structured, just isn't meeting your needs. That's all important information. So yeah. putting up walls where we are just either, you know, approaching people from a place of dishonesty to try to protect ourselves from being hurt. I, I just, everything about this, I'm like, oh, it's not a competition. Like, it's not about losing. It's not about being a victim. Um, it's, about making sense of each other. And if we're yeah. approaching each other from a place of assuming you're gonna hurt me, we cannot meet someone um, as they are. We've already told the story. We've already decided yeah. they're gonna feed us and we don't give a full chance to like meet as equals and peers.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you. there was so much in there that you just said. I mean, like, I, which is great. I mean, like we are gonna come into disagreements with people we love and mm-hmm and that's okay we're going to sometimes we'll fight and hopefully in a very you know respectful way but like yeah it's going to you know th- emotions can run high and and people can you know disagree and 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 yes and and love in in any way shape or form is risky and so right if you don't allow yourself those disagreements and if you don't allow those you know like to stay true to what you think And then the, or like, or if you're the one who's like dominating and the other person's always caving. And again, I know I'm talking in, in, in a dyad here, but like, it's just, yeah, like it's just not, it's not going to work. That's not trust either. Right. To like give in to, to whatever we're, you know, whatever the other person says or insists that it's my way or the highway kind of idea. Like that's not an authentic relationship. And so trusting that taking these risks is going to, I'm gonna say, turn out okay, but I don't necessarily mean that then, therefore, that relationship is always gonna be the same or even still exist in your life, but that the yeah. universe, like, you will be okay, the universe will be okay, kind of idea.
0: Yeah. And again, I mean, you know, I think sometimes this stuff can be really hard depending on our past experiences, right? Like, if you're trying to approach, I mean, as you were saying with attachment theory, If you're approaching with openness and trying to work on that, but you have a history of people causing you harm systematically, right? Whether it's, you know, familial abuse at past relationships, whatever, it's so understandable that that would be really hard. And there's probably a lot of work um, that we can do to communicate those challenges. Like as someone who has these very challenges, I... If I really want to approach someone, and I don't approach everyone this way, and that's a loss in how I approach those ties. Um, But with the people who I I choose to try to approach with trust, um, I often let them know that I have some, you know, reactivity that might come up. Like I may have moments where I need to withdraw to like settle my nervous system, because even just approaching with openness, all of a sudden I can get flooded with fear. Um, and a sense of, you know, not necessarily because of something they've done, but it's my past showing up that's in my body still and in my memories. And so, you know, I just yeah. want to honor that for some folks, this might be a really big ask. Um, and it may feel really out, out of um, step with what you've been socialized to do or what your history has taught you to do to survive and be well.
1: Yeah. And yeah, and like really teasing apart the fact that love and trust are not the same thing. Right. So like it's it's like asking if someone's just like, well, don't you trust me? It's oh. like, well, right. Like it's just it's like it could right, like you're saying like, you know, and I, I have like the, I think the trust component for me as well is is really hard to deal with. And I've, I'm i entering in conversations right now with some in some of my relationships where it's just like, I love you, but I, I don't trust you because I don't tr- I don't trust anyone. Um, and that's not entirely true. I do trust, but like it, that is the last domino to fall for me. It is trust and, and knowing the difference between love and trust as well is, is pretty powerful, right? Like there's all sorts of ways that you can, I think I even like would, when I would teach sex ed stuff, we would say sort of like, you could love your baby brother, but you wouldn't trust them with like your prized electron, like your cell phone,
0: Right. You know,
1: like kind of thing, you know, like it's like there's different things like that's different, um, you know, well, different ways to look at stuff.
0: And I think, you know, if we go back to the original text of this principle, you know, I think there's so many ways to talk about considerations around trust. And if we go back to the original principle, it's, you know, the beginning, one of the beginning sentences that I was highlighting um, in my notes, choosing to assume that your partner does not wish you harm leads you down a much more positive path. Than a distrustful approach. And so maybe it's that we can uh cautiously adjust to say, I don't think you mean me mean me harm. It may not mean I'm quite ready to give you all of my information or all of my vulnerability, but that I'm gonna assume you have good intent toward me. And yeah. if I start finding myself assuming that your actions suggest you mean to cause me harm, I need to really check my brain. Um right. and, and that it's cognitive distortions. I mean it's okay. We have them. It's all right. But we got to learn our tools um, and our practices for, for slowing down, checking in. Um, and then, you know, letting a different story untold uh, or. Untold right.
1: Untold. Yeah. And asking, right. And then the, the ways that you're sort of alluding to too, is this like flat out asking, right? Like yeah. here's where I think you're coming from or something and, or,
0: or can you tell me more about what's going on? I like. I think I need to hear more from you, right? Just open right. that door of. Yeah. Uh, and frankly, if you've told, if you've acknowledged you have um, sort of distrustful tendencies, you know, hopefully you and your humans can come up with specific like code words, like, you know, pumpernickel is a way you can, be, <laughs> like, a safe word, but different. Like my brain's basically, yeah. <laughs> um, and I can sense it, but I don't know how to fix it because it can be hard also to acknowledge um because that's an act of vulnerability and trust too and it's okay if we don't immediately have those skills to name all again like the whole goal of all of this and all these principles is that we see relationships as loving and a gift and as this where we get to grow and hopefully feel supported um in ways that feel meaningful it might not be everything in every relationship they're not going to look the same so the way you approach the relationship may be different how you relate to this each of these principles may be different um in across um different relationships but yeah it's an, it's an invitation to reconsider the assumption that everyone causes us wants to cause us harm
1: yeah kind yeah and right because not everyone deserves it i mean there are assholes out there right like we're not it's not we're not saying that and so they're or at least an asshole to you. Right. Cause they okay. might be perfectly lovely to, to somebody else, but like, right. Being really mindful that, you know, you approach, you know, again, like you're saying, like choosing to assume the partner does not wish you harm. And if the, it does seem it's like, that's, what's happening. It's right. Like seeing if oh, you yeah. can see that right away.
0: That's, a great and point. it's hard.
1: Sometimes you don't see it right away and it, oh, yeah. you know, it does.
0: And that's not anyone's, that's not, you know, if someone is is actually, system, you know, causing harm systematically or disregarding your well-being or whatever it is, like, obviously, if we don't see it right away or we explain it away or whatever, um, that doesn't, like, that's not our fault, right? Sort of absolutely it. not. Yeah, um,
1: it's absolutely not the, your fault.
0: One of the, there were a couple parts of this principle that I didn't love. Okay. Um, so, I mean, there's elements I like about it and then there's elements I don't like about it. So <laughs> I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to talk about the, so I, there's a word that I don't like that's, um, used. So one is, uh, create the kind of relationship where withdrawing is both supported and quickly forgiven. And I really got hung up on that notion of forgiven. Okay. Presume someone withdrawing has done something wrong. Oh Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. I'm going to, I'm going to choose to believe this is a translation problem. We're from Swedish to English. Someone screwed up, But but I don't, I don't like that someone with, and I don't. I also am not in love with the word withdrawing because it suggests, oh, I'm going away. And it's like, or withdrawing has a negative connotation to me. Okay. And maybe, maybe that's another bias that I'm holding. So I welcome pushback on that, but it's like when you withdraw like you're running away or something and oh it's a mistake and you can be forgiven or whatever and it's like well no maybe I'm reprioritizing my time right as we've talked about in other episodes time is limited energy is limited so if I've recognized with wonderful self-awareness that in my little constellation or solar system of ties I need to focus on something else a hobby a job another relationship or just myself yeah that's not to me that's not withdrawal and that doesn't I don't need to be forgiven for having done that I just need to be respected and I don't know
1: yeah no I I'm resonating with you and I did not pick up on the subtlety of the word and as you're explaining like your your perspective I I totally see yeah well so first of all quickly forgiven too like quick whatever like (laughs) um, (laughs) but forgiven I yeah I agree that these are things that don't you like that means like oh then i need to yeah right you're not apologizing for anything if you need to take time for yourself or whatever i mean if you don't communicate it well then you hurt somebody i mean that's, that's different. different that feels different um,
0: and yeah so it's
1: not the act it's how you communicated it or not that's that's very exactly. different situation
0: exactly and so i do wonder if maybe that's part of what was getting baked into this and it just needs yeah. to apart a little bit more to be more clear of We affirm people's right to adjust how they engage. There's nothing wrong. Don't, you know, let's work on not seeing that as a threat to the relationship or, you know, let's not tell stories about that. And if we are going to change the way we're engaging with someone, like our responsibility in relationship anarchy is to be doing that from a place of consciousness and self-awareness and ethical, caring communication. It doesn't mean the other person's going to like it. (laughs) Right. Right. But we need to communicate that with clarity, care, ideally in advance. Like, don't just randomly cancel crap on everyone, right? That'll make someone feel bad. Yeah. Um, and that's not kind. Um, yeah. So that was something that's just, I was like, I only get. Like it.
1: Yeah. Right. Being, yeah. So being mindful of your own energy, others' energies, what do they have going on in their lives? What do you have going on in your lives? And yes, if you need to take a time out, whether that's for... You know, again, like for a week, for a month, for a year, or whatever, right? It's communicating those things and mm-hmm. allowing well now that's a horrible word too. I don't want to allow people. I don't allow people crap, right? Like but understanding why people might need to go away to recharge. Yeah. Or find their right, find energy or what fills their cup, you know, in it in it's something um else that they really need to dive into for a little while or something like that. I mean, and even proactively asking people if that's what they need. Oh, my God, that's
0: exactly where my head was going to go of wouldn't it be beautiful if we were in these relationships where we had so much trust and care for each other that we actually continuously had a practice where we check in about like time, energy, commitments and like, how are you taking care of you? How are you feeling about that? You know, I know these things are important to you or these are areas of personal growth or. Or I've noticed that you've been stressed. Have you checked in with yourself about what you need? Right. Yeah. How loving that would feel. And that just would mean the person who's making that ask is hopefully feeling secure, doing that from a secure place.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, it's not yeah. a test or a quiz to right. have, right? The no.
0: Yeah. Give me the right answer. No, 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 yeah. no. It's like from a place of authenticity. And again, I just think this always goes back to that idea that if we are not treating relationships as this is the one and only and the most important and if you have a healthy network of people that you're experiencing love and care and all these different kinds of intimacy with then one person stepping away or take you know doing readjusting their time it's not going to be devastating in the same way and you know this is where tending and nurturing and and maintaining our ties um it's so valuable and so important for us to be able to approach with like a good solid anchor and not feeling this incredible sense of threat. If this one person needs to like go do another thing, if you're like, oh, yeah, crap, now I'm going to be alone. That's a yeah. really different way to think about the the like what's at stake or what could happen. Um, right. And so it makes sense under those relationship conditions that that would be even scarier. But it doesn't yeah.
1: And also the script of when if you allow for time apart that that signals the doom right to the relationship and so allowing people to go away to recharge or to do some other kind of exploration. um, You know, encouraging that and then not seeing it as right a a detriment to the relationship that is now just like well there's only one direction for this to go and it's and it's it's like it's on its way out
0: I'm on the down escalator now oh no
1: yeah exactly I mean I know there was this article in the New York Times in their love letters about I guess it was a couple that I guess lived apart like four different times like they would just like get annoyed with each other or like stuff wasn't working and then they would spend time apart. And then they are like, you know what? I miss you. And then they come back together and then whatever, a couple years later, like they live apart. (laughs) But the, the story ended at least, you know, in this, you know, in this New York times article of them being like, we're stronger than ever. Like, this is great. Like we spent time apart and it was in good phases of our lives that we spent time apart. Like there were reasons. And then we, but we always sort of went, you know what? I'm happier together.
0: Yeah, there's a sex educator I follow on the Instagram, which I'm like totally dating everything we're doing right now, because who knows how long Instagram will be around, but (laughs) um, and I can't, Evian is their first name, and I want to say it's something, they have a podcast, I believe, on sensuality. I feel bad that I can't remember everything, but um, in their storylines, they were sharing around their relationship and their tie, and how they come together and have separated at really key moments, and the way that they chose to share that story and that practice is really really powerful and it butts against every cultural norm you know yeah yeah, what to be afraid of in a relationship and I just think we have to turn toward those models and I love that people are sharing these stories because that helps break these norms and tell us it can be okay
1: yeah like that whole idea of oh you can do that in a relationship well of course you can you can customize your commitment right like you can do you can do that in your relationship um when you talk about it among the people that are in relationship with each other right like yes
0: and i think there's also really interesting ways of, of then like again this process of negotiation right so one person is saying I need to take space and do these other things. You can then share if you have a request for, I would welcome or appreciate some interval of communication or, you know, what are you willing to, what are you able to hold space for to maintain a tie? Like, is it a full cut? Is it full, you know, right. So we can of course make asks about yeah. how that gets navigated and, you know, communicating again, from a place of we are in a continual a pra- practice of re- reconnecting to our values um considering like what are those core anchor things that are holding us in our relationships and you know how do we i don't know it's it's this idea of like the continue I, I almost like Im- imagine like this um spinning little thing like those puzzles or whatever where you're trying to get things to align and it's like yeah just so a
1: rubik's cube
0: or something i don't know i never could do a rubik's cube so like that's disturbing <laughs> to me but um okay <laughs> But like like the idea that sometimes it's hard to figure out how to make things align, and that's okay, as long as we're doing it from this place of conversation and care and, I don't know, identifying what are those checkpoints of am I experiencing, you know, I'm giving this person space, and maybe I'm experiencing momentary disappointment with how this is going, but maybe it stretches longer, and so you need to check in with your own values, goals, and needs, and it might be that if that person still needs distance, then that I is no longer showing up in your life in the way you need it to, and that's okay too, right? Yeah. So we get to continuously check in. I don't think approaching this idea that um, trust is better doesn't mean, again, like you were saying before, that someone has to like make themselves really small and just give in to everyone's request. Like, that's definitely not what this is saying. Um, yeah. Approaching um, with that openness to listen, not assume it's with harm right from just a different different vantage point
1: yeah yeah well that's that last sentence that you're even um alluding to which is that remember your core values and to take care of yourself though right. so yes it it is definitely not to make yourself small it's definitely not to be like okay you need all the you need to go away for a while or you need to you know like you know you can't handle like our relationship now that's okay you know like it is it's remembering your core values and you know to I love the idea of you saying, like, if you're negotiating time apart or, you know, like or less, yeah, less commitment or something like that. And one person's doing the ask um, and then they can say, well, then what do you, you know, what will you need? So someone's right. like, oh, I need to do all this stuff to go on like a three month retreat somewhere. And then it's like, OK, great. Then I'm going to need my sexual needs met somewhere else. Right. You know, or something like that. Or, you know, and- oh, I'm not going to have time to dedicate to our friendship in the way that we used to connect like over these coffees or something it's like okay well then i'm gonna start you know i'm gonna just you know i'll probably go to some of my other you know people in my network to to troubleshoot this problem i'm going through i don't know right like you know it's that sort of give and take piece and
0: and i think talk again this idea that it's all about communication And it's all about being really clear of, you know, if one person is approaching with an ask, is having that investment and commitment to say, what's the response to that ask? And what also can I offer, right? If we're always thinking, I really need to get better at describing the wheel of consent, but it's, you know, Betty Martin's work on this, all these different ways that we can be giving, receiving, offering, et cetera. And just really being in that continuous state of reflection on what we're, what we're, if we're the person asking for something, how are we approaching that? And then if we're the person hearing an ask, I think that's really where the trust is better principle is meaning to come from. Yes, um, But it's, you know, again, also trusting the other person to respond with care and and caring about them, their response <laughs> as well. Yeah. The one thing that we have not touched on that I'm, I don't know if this is like where it makes sense to get into this, but I, I also feel like this is about jealousy a little bit, right? Yeah. If we assume someone's trying to hurt us and it's about this, you know, the specific elements of this principle are sort of the notion of a withdrawal, um, as much as I don't like that word. And I, I, I wonder, again, if we looked at what's really going on in our heads and our hearts, you know, is it that we think this person doesn't care about us? Is it, you know, a fear of missing out? Is it, um, just straight up insecurity, right? Like, and it's okay to be jealous. You don't have to shame yourself or get rid of that, but paying attention to what's underlying that sense of jealousy. Are there other needs not getting met that you can get met somewhere else? You know, what are there other kinds of, of support or connection that you need that could help you address that feeling of jealousy that may be connected to, um, other underlying, uh, thoughts or feelings or needs? Yeah, and I
1: guess this is again where I'd like to call out poly secure I think they do a good job of addressing issues like jealousy is going to happen, especially again in some of the insecure attachment styles when it's just like when you know you you feel that you are in, you know, want to practice ethical non monogamy or polyamory And yet you get jealous and that might be based on attachment style. And so as you're saying like, okay, so therefore, like, do I just need reassurance that you still love me in these ways that this is not like me being involved with somebody else is not uh, doesn't mean that I love you less like love is not a pie. Like there's all these different things like right as you're saying, like, what am I afraid of Am I afraid of being abandoned? Am I afraid that I'm missing out on some really cool thing?
0: Am Am I? I, Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes one of the things I find interesting is I sometimes find the thought pattern. I'm like, I don't quite understand why this connects to jealousy for me, but it's this idea of, am I not interesting enough? Am I not adventurous enough or something like that? Like, am I not stimulating enough? And, um, you know, or that, oh, they're going to go do these things somewhere else and have these other experiences. And then I won't have I won't be able to connect on that, right? So I feel this, like, it's a kind of jealousy, but it really is so clearly rooted in, like, cause I wanna go, I'm like, oh, I wanna do the thing with you too. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, you, the,
1: the the fear, the FOMO, right? Like, I mean, there's that, but then, yeah, there's also, but I wanted to do that with you and you can't do everything with all the people, right? But, right. it. But if you're, yeah, if you're connected to interesting people, then they're going to do neat stuff. And then you're like, but I didn't get to do it with you.
0: And so, yeah. and I, yeah, and, you I needed, but. and I'll be really honest. Like that's something I, I recognize in all kinds of relationships I have. Right. It's certainly not exclusive to romantic or sexual partnerships. Um, oh yeah. Like here. Oh about- gosh. I was furious. There's one time I, uh, my best friend called
1: me up and was like, I'm going to start a book club. Um, you're not invited because I spend a lot of time with you and I'm creating this book club just so I can talk to and spend time with people that I don't get to spend enough time with wow. and, and I understood but oh boy I was hurt like that <laughs> I was like but I want to be part of the book club I want to hang out with those people too and talk about these cool books and and like be around these awesome humans and have these great conversations but it wasn't my space and they but and they were honest they told me it's gonna happen you're not invited here's why i still love you i still love you we still go out and we spend tons of time together which all was true and i still hated it
0: yeah 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 i mean i love really appreciate you sharing that story because i think it's a great illustration of it doesn't have to feel good to have been handled well right um, and I didn't
1: think for a second that this person wasn't my friend anymore, right? Like it, that was yeah. the other piece too, right? It wasn't like, oh gosh, art, this does this is this signaling the end of our friendship? No, it not at all. It was
0: just I, something that they wanted to do, not with me. And I think that is so lovely uh, as such a testament to the notion of trust is better, right? If you'd, yeah. been, if you'd been approaching that tie or that person and assuming they were trying to do you harm in some way by excluding you, this that would not have been how you felt. Even And so it's like that beautiful potential and a way we can be in the world that we can be disappointed and still like totally have trust in a relationship and love it. Like we are so much more capable. I, it's sort of like where we started of andy giving us the the permission to say you can love lots of people love is abundant you can do it i feel like this is the same like you can experience trusting relationships it's really possible um it might take some work and not everyone deserves those ties with us yeah just like everyone doesn't deserve our love maybe abundant not everyone's getting (laughs) it
1: yeah right exactly you can
0: be picky with your
1: abundance so
0: indeed and your trust yes well All right. With that, I think we'll uh, call it on this episode. Um, So if you want to share more about your feelings related to trust and jealousy and whatever else felt relevant from this episode, feel free to contact us at um, Before You Swipe. That's the letter B, the number four, the letter U. Swipe. uh, And that's at Gmail or on Instagram or Facebook. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Before You Swipe. If you want to send us your thoughts on sexual, romantic, and or platonic relationships, please email us at beforeyouswipe at gmail.com. That's the letter B, the number 4, the letter U, swipe at gmail. Or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at before you swipe. Thanks to Hamid Khalid 786 on Pixabay for our fabulous funky beats.